Hey everyone, welcome to But Why the Podcast, the podcast where we talk about the things in pop culture that people say matter and ask the question, but why though? Before we get started, we wanted to make sure that you take a minute to rate, review, and subscribe us on iTunes or wherever you listen. It's the easiest way for people to find us and it helps us hear your feedback. Beyond that, come and join our conversation on Twitter at ButWhyThoughPC and on Facebook, facebook.com slash ButWhyThoughPC. And if you like what you're doing and you want to support us a little more, head on over to Patreon, patreon.com slash ButWhyThoughPC. And if a monthly subscription is too much for you, make sure you check out our t-shirts. We have t-shirts open on TeePublic and available for purchase on our website through the merch tab, ButWhyThoughPodcast.com. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to But Why Though the Podcast, and today we're doing another episode of Missions That Matter. As always, I'm your host, Kate, and I'm here with Adrian. Hey, how's it going? And Matt. Hello. And we're sitting down with the Executive Director of the Diverse Gaming Coalition, Abigail. Hi, how's it going? Good. We're really happy to have you here. Yep, thanks for coming on. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, super excited to learn about your organization. Yay. <laughs> so a little bit of background information. Um, I got to meet I got to meet Abigail at um, or do you prefer Abigail or Abby? Abby. Abby. Awesome. Or I got to meet Abby at PAX East in Boston a couple of weekends ago. Um, and I got to talk a little bit about her organization. And so we can fill everybody in. Um, why and how was Diverse Gaming Coalition founded? Diverse Gaming Coalition was founded end of 2016, and um, I founded the organization um, because I, in 2016, beginning of it, I had actually dropped out of high school and received my GED, and um, there's a lot of factors uh, that led to that point, but the main reason was because, um, you know, I was feeling bullied and school and left out and not in the right place. Uh, so I wanted to create something that um, people felt kind of wanted and also uh, felt that the entire point of anti-bullying in 2016 at the time um, was actually a message that was coming across that young people understood and related to because that's a huge problem in the anti-bullying world. Um, A lot of things no one can really relate to. Not no one, but not a lot of people can. And um, I kind of wanted to change that. So I I started Diverse Gaming Coalition and um, I kind of just decided that I wanted to do it. And I just, one day I just sat down and I just kind of wrote a business planning, if you will, of (laughs) what I wanted to do with Diverse Gaming Coalition and how I wanted to do that. And now it's mid 
almost 2018 and I'm here and um, we've been growing ever since and um, can't wait for what is coming next. <laughs> so why don't you give us your mission statement to you? Yeah, um, we are fighting for a change in online and real life communities through modern concepts and pop culture. No, that, that's amazing. And that's definitely something needed. Um, and our our podcast, we try to focus on why things matter. And a lot of that has to do with the communities that build around, you know, different pieces of, of pop culture. So thank you for doing this work. It's definitely something close to my heart, too, specifically like anti-harassment and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, so what makes Diverse Gaming Coalition different from other charitable organizations? The whole point of me kind of starting this is because we wanted to be different than other charitable organizations. Um, we, I wanted to combine my interests of gaming, although um, easily harassed in the gaming world, the online gaming world. Um, my love for that, I wanted to combine that um, for my passion of anti-bullying. Um, so the reason that we are different is because we don't take any bs and we don't give out any bs we want to talk about bullying that you know real raw bullying and we want to give good ways to combat it that makes sense and it's not just you know just terrible terrible advice and we want to do this in a way that people especially young people are going to be interested in um so a lot of anti-bullying initiatives, they forget the fact that their audience is young people and their message, although it could be a good one, it's the potential is lost because the way that they're relaying that message is not relatable or not fun or something that's going to bore young people. So that's why we're different uh, because, you know, we do a lot of fun things and we do things that are going to want to get young people involved. So what are some of those? Um, I the, so what are some of those things? Um, programs and stuff, or yeah. So um, we are mainly an advocacy organization. Um, one of our main projects right now is our anti-bullying comic book called Life on the Outside. It follows a non-binary person of color in a high school setting. Um, I go around to a lot of schools and colleges, and um, I even do summer camps and. Oh, that's yeah, it's, it's really cool. Um, and I go around to these places and um, I use this as an educational tool. So um, I, I was not in high school too long ago, but um, if you can relate to this when I was in high school, um, a lot of the assemblies that we did have about bullying were just so many kids were bored out of their mind. Um, yeah. And it wasn't something that, a lot of people would, you know, retain. Um, so I wanted to talk about bullying in a way that people are going to retain that information. So I created this comic book. It depicts real raw bullying. Um, and it also shows ways how to help in a situation of bullying. Um, also how to be a friend, be an ally, all that good stuff. Um, a couple other initiatives that we do, um, we have a streaming ambassador program, uh, pretty much. We just like to showcase people that are using um, their streaming platforms for positivity um, because 
platforms like Twitch can um, yeah. bring a lot of negativity into that, a lot of harassment. Um, so again, we want to promote those good people in there. We also have a lot of initiatives online. We have our hashtag, uh, Diverse Gamer. Um, we have all-inclusive Discord and Steam groups. Um, we do a lot, and uh, we're always growing on that. But I think the way to talk about bullying is, you know, through advocacy, because that's what's going to help not end bullying, because you can never truly end bullying, but to die down these statistics on bullying. I have a question. Yeah. If you don't mind, what is an example of raw bullying? I guess I'm a little out of the loop as the <laughs> old person here. <laughs> well, I think what a lot of things that people get wrong about bullying is that, it, you know, it's just like, you know, someone's shoving you or, mm. you know, someone's like um, just calling you names or something that while that's still bullying, it doesn't happen that way that people think it's more complex than that. Um, so, um, at least with my own bullying experience, um, a lot of it came online. So when there was that, like, kind of like, you know, people talking behind your backs on Instagram, and then you go into school that next day, and it kind of turns into a, like a actual real life conversation, um, it could get kind of messy and very awkward, um, mm -hmm. So mixing those two, um, that's like a thing that is new and um, is kind of different. But things like that are what bullying actually is. And um, again, it's not, you know, physically abusing you, although it does happen. A lot of, again, a lot of these people think that it's just, you know, a simple one-time thing when it's, again, it's very complex and um, want to, you know, showcase that into our work. I had MySpace when I was in high school. So. <laughs> I never had MySpace. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I think you just dated yourself really bad. <laughs> um, so I guess like off of that, and I, I have a question, another question um, mm -hmm. to like kind of like go directly off of that. So would you say that like um, other people who are other organizations that handle bullying, are they not integrating a lot of like the complex like online harassment, like you have it happening in multi-platforms or mm -hmm. um, that type of stuff? Yeah, I think um, the organizations that I see now, I partner with a, a few anti-bullying organizations and I, I do that because they actually talk about bullying you know, the correct way. But a lot of these other organizations, um, I feel like that there's a lot of uncomfortable conversations that come up when talking about bullying and they don't want to talk about that because it's uncomfortable, which yeah. is understanding, but that's not going to help anything. Um, so for one, they're not talking about these uncomfortable things like, um, um, you know, sending nudes that's a yeah. big thing now and a lot of people don't talk about that but that's still um, a form of harassment especially when um people are those are sent to people that it shouldn't be and all yeah. that spreading that information so that's a that's an example like people don't want to talk about the uncomfortable things um and it's left out and 
they try to simplify bullying and generalize it to kind of, you know, give their kind of good examples of what to do when this happens. But there really is no clear answer for anything, really. You kind of just have to go through the situation and kind of think about what's happening and how you could fix it. Um, for my anti-bullying comic book program, when we do these assemblies, um, one activity that I like to do is um, kind of um, role-playing um, improv activities. So we take a situation, um, we have some kids act it out, and then um, the kids and I will then go through the situation and see like what went wrong, what could have been better, um, because taking those situations and learning from it, it could help in a future situation that's either the same or similar. So are there, um, I guess each harassment situation will, you know, will be different varying on the person. I know you just said that you, you have to gauge those responses and handling it based on that. Mm -hmm. um, but um, what are, I guess, some, I don't want to say catch-alls because I don't think there is a catch-all. Like you said, this is complex. But what are some pieces of advice that um, you offer to people um, or um, maybe deal with in certain settings? Like I, I saw that you all posted um, an article, a really good article, about um, women in esports. Mm -hmm. um, so what what's something that you can – or what's some advice that you would give, um, you know, in that arena? So as far as advice goes, there's a lot of different things. Um, when you – see in-person bullying um for one if it's something physical you're probably going to want to get um an adult involved if you're younger or get someone involved that could easily break up a fight if that's not yourself because you you don't want to get hurt and you really don't want to get involved in that if you see you know verbal bullying in person um sometimes approaching it as it's happening is cannot be the best situation because then sometimes that could eventually go to you uh, because people could oversee that. They could be like, oh, you're such a, a narc, whatever. But um, I don't even think people say narc anymore, but that's besides the point. Um, <laughs> um, besides that, um, instead of confronting it while it's happening, going to the victim and comforting them after is something that I like to advise because you don't want to make this you don't want to make the situation worse than it already is. Um, but if that situation continues, um, you're definitely going to want to tell a trusted adult, tell someone that could do something about that because that shouldn't be happening. Um, after the fact, maybe he discussing it with the uh, perpetrator because um, in private because um, so oftentimes when you confront them in like a public situation when they're publicly shaming this person um, that could just make it worse because they're already like fueled up they have their adrenaline and they're most likely in front of other people so that could make them embarrassed um, so talking to that person in private could also help because um, a lot of times young people don't want to go to adults um, for obvious reasons and um, that's understandable but sometimes it does have to go to that point um, if you uh, see like online harassment um, a lot of times um, talking to that person online like 
by themselves. It, again, it depends on the person, but um, they're masked behind a screen and they see themselves as having so much power because they're not talking to someone in person. And um, oftentimes the perpetrator um, doesn't like to dial down the situation, even if you're talking to them in private, just because there's that kind of mask um, abusing someone like on the computer. So um, a lot of times getting an adult involved, getting school or organization involved is always a good step for that. Um, Cause sometimes talking to them, not confronting them, but talking to them about the situation um, again, doesn't always work. Um, if it's in-game harassment, um, a lot of the times, at least for me, what I have found to work because there's no really good solution for in-game harassment because that's just like a whole different level of like masked behind a screen. But yeah. <laughs> uh, what I found to work is ignoring it. Um, about 80% of the time this works uh, because then they just kind of stop. Um, my favorite game to play is CSGO, uh, but that could be yeah. awful sometimes because yeah, definitely, you know, that's a voice chat that, that there's obvious reasons for that. Um, but what I have found to work for that is just ignoring it, just kind of playing the game, saying your calls, not kind of antagonizing it, um, work sometimes, sometimes if they keep going, I like to, um, kind of play along with it not everyone can do that it you have to yeah. be a certain person to do that but um i've found that to work sometimes as well but if that keeps happening um i usually play with people um so kind of trying to get them kicked from the game or if it even gets worse just leaving the game always um, works for me but those are just some of my tips for coming out with um more extensive toolkits on this uh, eventually. So um, that will be on our website, um, hopefully in the next coming months. Um, so you could, you know, always have that handy and readily available to you. Awesome. I got one question to add up on that. Cause you said you ignore a lot of the stuff. I know a lot of the games in general have a report system. Do you believe that actually works? Um. Report system, it, it first of all, the, the report system depends on the game. <laughs> yes. <laughs> There's a lot yes. of things good about a report system and bad. Um, so I, I'm going to give an example of CSGO because I know it very well. But there is no report system in CSGO. There is um, a report system for, like, hackers. But there's mm -hmm. no report system for, like, um, harassment. There's a report system... Um, it's just one report system to see if they're hacking or not. And it's the same thing uh, in PUBG. Like you can, you can report yeah. people for hacking. You can't report people for doing other things. It's crazy. And so what the, what the system is for people that are unfamiliar, um, you just report them for hacking, but then there's an option to report them for griefing. Um, and then the case will be sent and people could opt in to, doing um, what they call overwatch cases, which they pretty much watch these cases uh, and see what is happening and what the verdict is, whether they were doing something wrong or not. Now, the thing with that is in these replays that they give, they don't have the voice chat 
integrated into it. They don't have the chat integrated into it. So there's no way to see what they were doing or what they were saying. So the griefing part of it does not work. Um, And I think that's terrible because that's one of the more, you know, uh, games where you see harassment. Mm -hmm. Um, Now for League of Legends, um, that's another thing. Um, They have been improving on that um, from, you know, when I actually played the game, like, four years ago. They have improved on it a lot, and they have gotten a lot better uh, actually, you know, banning people and, you know, having repercussions for their actions. But then again, uh, the reporting system is still not that great, great. You could type a message, but again, um, there's no real way to see what's going on in their end or to know what's going on in their end. Like, um, what are they seeing? Like, are they seeing the chat? Are they like actually watching the game? What is going on? Because, you know, there, you could still kind of grief as a character in a game, but um, I think as far as that goes, I think, all games can improve on their um, reporting system because um, nothing's perfect for one and two. um, It just, the more you have this system in place, the better it is for the players and the community that these people are trying to serve. Um, Because, you know, people can complain about, you know, how strict it is all they want, but at the end of the day, it's going to help people feel safe and it's going to help the people that harass other people kind of learn from their actions. Yeah, no, I, <laughs> I completely agree with you on all of that. I have also been on many of those receiving ends of conversations and not been able to report things. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's terrible um, not being able to report something. like. Again, I love CSGO. It's my favorite game, but 95% of the time when I play, like, I have to play with people I know just mm-hmm. so I can avoid that. And that shouldn't be the case. Like, I should be able to play freely. Yeah, but, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I know you've talked a lot about, um, you know, um, kids and cases in, you know, high school, I, I'm assuming, and, and, and younger. So, like, is, so is that your main focus? And then, like, um, yeah, also, like, other platforms as well? Or So um, when we do our online initiatives, our main focus is um, pretty much all age groups because all age groups contribute to um, harassment, um, which is the same in person. But um, what I feel about um, with, like, you know, in-person bullying is that young people, um, what I feel in general is that young people are, um, you know, changing this world and Mm -hmm. getting people to realize what they're doing is wrong. So um, I like to teach us information to young people so they can then take that information and then use that to help contribute to the community, to make their community better. Um, So again, that's why I like teaching this program to young people. That's awesome. Um, So how, what's some ways for people to get involved if they want to get involved with the organization? 
Yeah, so um, we have a couple of volunteer opportunities on our website. Um, for one, we have our streaming ambassador program. It's called Streaming for Good. I was talking about that briefly before. Mm-hmm. Uh, just people on these streaming platforms using it for positivity rather than negativity. Um, we are always looking for people to join that program. Um, we also have uh, positions open for our blog. Um, if you wanted to write for our blog, we just had one of our amazing volunteers write the um, blog about females in esports, which was amazing. Um, that was from a volunteer. So if you want to do stuff like that, that opportunity is open. Um, we also have opportunities for uh, charity streaming as well. Awesome. Um, and do you all have any events going on right now or coming up? Yes, we do. So don't have my phone on me. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I could just say the events we're going to. Um, <laughs> we are in the mid-May-ish. Uh, we will be at Wizard World Comic Con in Philly. Um, that's, I think, 17th through the 20th um during that same time period we will be at three rivers comic con in pittsburgh at century three mall in june we will be at kennywood comic con at kennywood amusement park in pittsburgh also in june we will be at um, wizard world comic con in ohio i don't actually remember the city i think it's uh cleveland but we'll be doing that as well and I will be having a TEDx talk um, on May 21st at um, Ursuline Academy in Wilmington, Delaware. And I'll be discussing um, my comic book a little bit and um, advocacy in the 21st century is what it's titled. Um, so if you're in that area, we're <laughs> in the Pittsburgh area. Uh, so we, we kind of stay in the area. If you're around, um, that's what we'll be doing. Awesome. And I can go ahead and link all of this in our show notes so people can find you um, super easy. Um, I want to ask a follow-up question about that TEDx talk because it sounds really intriguing. Um, so like what, uh, just like a little tidbit of, I guess, information on the title, you know, advocating in the 21st century. When I told my dad that, uh, my dad is 64, by the way. Uh, so <laughs> when I told my dad um, that I had this anti-bullying comic book he's like what do you mean and I I had to explain it to him for like 30 minutes until he finally got it uh but it's just a different time now and I I think that's a really good thing and um taking these you know modern initiatives uh and putting it into any of our work including our advocacy is really important to you know bring change into this world and that's kind of what my talk is about. Um, so you want to talk, um, I'll be talking about my comic book. I'll be talking about uh, the Black Lives Matter movement a little bit and how um, that contributes to modern advocacy. Um, again, because there's so many important issues that need to be talked about. And there's so many people wanting to do good, but they need to kind of think about what world we're in today um especially older people not to kind of throw shade at them but um, it's okay throw your shade (laughs) not throw shade but um i truly believe young people are going to change this world and um 
kind of older people need to hop on that train. Yeah. I, I think he's a lot nicer than I am. Yeah. <laughs> I think you say that, but not in so much nice words. No. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, so I do have at least, oh, sorry. No, go ahead. I was going to say two things. I'm assuming you are located in the Northeast. Mm-hmm. Yes. We're we located in Pittsburgh. Oh, okay. Pennsylvania. Um, <laughs> and two, what is the difference between a TED Talk and a TED Egg Talk? A TED Talk is... <laughs> They, they teach us this, uh, but a TED Talk is, um, TED is the organization, and TED has um, only a few specific events each year, whereas TEDx are independently run um, TED Talks, if you will. So um, there's, like, I think thousands of TEDx talk TEDx, like, organizations um around the globe so and that's that brings in so many events so that's kind of the difference okay feel so much out of the loop on so many things (laughs) you gotta get on that platform she's talking about you (laughs) ted talks i just didn't even know we went to tedx now no it's a good question a lot of people ask me that so yeah (laughs) yeah come on man you're not that old bud (laughs) I don't watch TV. <laughs> I guess my, my question um, would be, so you're two years in, right? And you're able to go to all of these conventions and you're primarily in the Northeast, like um, Matt was asking about. So like, where do you see, uh, you know, the organization in like five years? Like what's like kind of like the five-year business plan goal at the moment? Well, I'm going to be brutally honest right now. Um, this is kind of my volunteer job. And um I do this without compensation. Uh, I currently work part-time for USPS. um, So juggling this money job, as I call it, and this Mm -hmm. passion job. Um, So where I see myself five years is actually working for my organization. um, (laughs) Because it's been a dream of mine to run my own nonprofit. And I'm living that dream. But I want to be able to do it to... Um, full extent and focus all my time and energy on this because it's it's so much deserves all my time and energy um so five years from now I see myself actually you know working working for this organization and I also see um it to be grown through partnerships through volunteers to have other employees helping me um that is like my main thing. And I always think about that because uh, I'm always looking at what we did this month. And I was like, can I, can I quit my money job now? Can I, can I just work on this? Like, I just, I just want to work on this like all day, all night. We worried about nothing else but this because I, I, I love the work that I do. Um, but unfortunately it doesn't pay me. Have you ever so. run a podcast? That's about how it is. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, we were we were thinking about starting our own podcast. Oh wow! That is yeah. the 21st thing that I do now. <laughs> that is a good platform. Um, it's <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's awesome. But that's you know way down the line when we have a little bit more volunteers, a little bit more um, unpaid employees, um, <laughs> working on more you know leadership roles, all that stuff. Yeah, that's awesome. Oh, yeah, and thank like, you. Seriously, you're amazing. Um, oh, thank you. That. <laughs> that thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Okay. 
So I want to ask you, and this is what we ask everybody, because um, the whole part of our, the big part of our conversation, of our, the conversations we have on the podcast is mainly why different pieces of pop culture matter. So I want to know what piece of pop culture matters to you and why. This is something I probably should have thought about more. Um, <laughs> it's going to take me a couple seconds. Hold on. No, it's okay. <laughs> I think growing up, it's just all like I just played video games all the time. And I just, as a woman, I, I just don't think women were represented that great. And um, I never really saw myself in any video games. I couldn't really relate to any character really. The most relatable character to me is um, Chell from Portal. And it's like, I'm not, I I mean, I'm geeky, but I'm not into science that much. And um, (laughs) she's kind of a tough badass. And I am just, you know, someone sitting here on my computer that has no muscles. So that's like, it's weird to not be able to like look at a character and be like, Oh my God, like that's me. That's awesome. Um, so I think, you know, you know, female representation is most important part of pop culture, especially not even in just video games, but in, in video games, you know, comic books, um, all that stuff, TV shows, because it's 2018 and we're still working on it. Like, come on. Yeah, I feel you. I definitely yeah. feel you. <laughs> Come on, you know it's 2018. Been, we, we say this every year, and only a little bit gets better. So, yeah. Well, thank you for helping things get better in general with your organization and the work you do. Thank you. <laughs> um. So, uh, where can people find you and the organization? Well, you can follow me on Twitter at Abby Sager, A-B-B-E-Y-S-A-G-E-R. You could also um, go on our website at diversegaming.co. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, like us on Facebook at Diverse Gaming Co. Um, And see on our website, you can see all of our initiatives in more detail, um, apply for some volunteer positions, sign up for our email list. Um, all that good stuff. Awesome. Well, thank you so much uh, for being here and coming on and, you know, letting us talk with you. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. This has been awesome. Yeah, thanks for on. I would say this, if you look at what look like one character, I would say the, uh, I believe it's the Siren or the Phoenix from Borderlands. Ooh, yeah. Um, yeah. I wasn't a a big fan of Borderlands. That's what I'm saying. I didn't know if that was be in your age range because that was probably about ten years ago. But well, well, I didn't know. I've, I've played it before. I know they remastered it a few times and added a bunch of unwillingly stuff. played it. Yeah, my husband's into it, so he, <laughs> that co-op mode. Yeah, exactly. So, but you could totally rock a, a, a siren cosplay, though. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. You know, <laughs> I, I feel, I've tried to get into cosplaying, but I feel like I always screw it up. So that means a lot. Thanks. <laughs> when in doubt, buy a onesie. You'll be okay. 
Yeah, yeah. That works for a lot of people. Yeah, I, I walked around in a in a in a toothless onesie. I think Saturday. Friday. Friday. Yeah, Friday. I just bought a giant toothless onesie from How to Train Your Dragon because I really love that series and movie. And I was like, you know what? This is my cosplay. I'm a dragon today. That is so cute. <laughs> Honestly, they, they have. I don't really play League of Legends that much anymore, but they have like Tibber's onesie. And I just, I just want to like wear it all day, every day. That is amazing. Just like sleep in it, go to work in it. I don't like. I just, I don't care. I'm actually waiting for it to get cold in Texas again, so I can just walk around the house in my onesie all the time because it's super warm. So, well, you could have some cold up in. Oh yeah. nope, nope, nope. 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 Yeah, I was like, why, like, why, we just got out of like the cold stuff. Why would you wish that back on us again? Because I, so fun fact about that toothless onesie, I walked, we walked around in Boston when it was snowing and I was in that onesie and I was warm. So it was the yeah. only time I was warm that entire trip. You know, a lot of people that came from the South to Boston weren't complaining about the weather that much. And they were like, no, I'm fine. Like, I was pretty surprised because I have a few friends in the South and they complain when it goes like under 70. So Yeah, that's yes. us on the podcast. <laughs> Hi. That was uh, our yeah. worst Hi. moment for um, PAX East when we, when we did our recap. Yeah, honestly, I don't <laughs> complain until it goes below freezing. So. See, and that's the thing. Like I was complaining about it being in the 30s and all our Uber drivers were like, this is nothing. Why are you complaining? Yeah, <laughs> especially in Boston. They'll rip you apart for that. Yeah, they, they did. <laughs> yeah, they did. But then I just yeah. tell them to come hang out in Austin or in El Paso when it's like above 100 and you like <laughs> melt when you walk outside. Yeah, I I can't say I'm a fan of that. <laughs> yeah. Very true. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking time with us, Abby. Yeah, thank, thank you. you so much. Yeah, and um, I will, if you can go ahead and email me like links to your Discord, everything you want me to include in the show notes, um, I'll go ahead and include that. Yeah, sure thing. I'll do that. Awesome. Well, thank yeah, y'all's website is awesome. Thank you. I we're actually, we're I don't know if it's because y'all are young, but, and you, you understand how the internet works, but like so many, like, of these new organizations just have terrible websites, but y'all's website is dope and I like it. I thought you were taking a shot at us on our website. I was like, hey, no, <laughs> put a lot of work in that damn thing. Actually, um, I'm actually redesigning my website right now because I think my website's kind of crummy right now. So what? I can't wait to see V2. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, so not. And I'm switching like, um, you know, posts and everything and it's going to look completely different. So um, I'm, I'm excited for that. That's hopefully, hopefully by summer that will happen because um someone's nice enough to help us out with that so um <laughs> but yeah everyone compliments me on my website so thank you um but i, ca I can't take the full credit because um some people help me um kind of build it even though it's like a template some some people help me like kind of start it out and then from there on i i've constantly like edited it and tweaked it and all that stuff so it doesn't matter if it's a template it's still a pain to run oh gosh it yeah yeah <laughs> we run, yeah we run a wordpress and we we're like oh this template's gonna be easy and they're like oh my gosh okay so now you're gonna go learn css so you can go in there and change that color of that one line that's on that page yeah so <laughs> i'm switching i have wix right now but wix uh. is garbage so <laughs> switching to wordpress um, and it's so different because, like, Wix is, like, just pretty much, like, drag and drop, 
Whereas yeah. like WordPress, it's like, I feel like a master coder, like, yeah. <laughs> even though I know nothing. So um, it's, it's very different. That's why it's taking me forever. So. Yeah. But uh, WordPress has a good site. I, we, I, I do approve of it, but it, we have like these little, like they're simple. They're like little orange boxes. I, I have my WordPress beanie, by the way. Oh, awesome. That's, that's really cool. Just, I was wearing it a couple hours ago, but continue. <laughs> yeah we have like these weird not weird they're, they're good they're great boxes are they weird they're not now? weird boxes they're good they complete the website but they're these orange boxes on our sidebar and it took him like a day to figure out where he had to put that code to make that box happen <laughs> I mean, and it was a template so <laughs> it's it's complicated because like wordpress is more for the coders but i know nothing and i do a lot of it so this is where you check that skill off on your resume yeah right <laughs> awesome thank you so much abby um and i'll go ahead and i'll email you um with the episode and everything when it comes out yay well thank you so much i appreciate it yep well i believe in the cause so yay, thanks. <laughs> thanks we have a great night you too thanks bye bye, bye. So we just heard um, from Abby, the founder and executive director of Diverse Gaming Coalition. I will link everything in the show notes for you to check out. And now we're going to give you our thoughts on both the mission that is anti-bullying, anti-harassment, and you know just what we heard from her and how we fit into this story. Who wants to go first? I thought it was amazing that she literally just said, I'm just going to do this and said, let's do this. Uh, but yeah, no. Uh, I think that was just really cool. She talks a lot about young people and basically them changing the world and then her deciding being that young to let's just go do this and then doing it. And obviously, as she said, obviously it's hard and like paying, but obviously they are growing and they're able to actually get out there and go to these events. Yeah. And have partnerships and other things. That's a lot of hustle. Yes. I don't I don't know if, if I even had that back then. Yeah. No, I was too busy busy thinking about League of Legends and World of Warcraft when I was in high school. I did find it interesting, though. I understand how she ended up in the anti-harassment mm-hmm. when her favorite games were League of Legends and Counter-Strike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I think, but, but I think that means, like, I think yeah. that, that that's exactly how she landed on this. Because... Well, I, I understand how she did, because at least from my experience, League of Legends is probably one of the worst, if not the worst community, and Counter-Strike uh, Go is Oh, it's awful. bad. And those are probably, at least if I was going to say with horrible toxic communities those would probably be like one and two or at least both in the top five for sure oh yeah definitely i mean i think the cod community is definitely up there too yeah but i mean uh what's it called uh counter-strike's been around even before like oh yeah no i'm saying i got called many names in 1.6 yeah yeah Yeah. no i was just saying like the cod like in a console arena like that is like cod's bad yeah, no, I actually, so I actually, when I started talking to her at PAX East, it was because I was just asking them what they did. And I was like, oh, this is amazing. Because, like, personally, like, until this past two weeks that we've been streaming on Twitch, I haven't played a shooter in a long time because of toxic communities. Because, like, like she says, like, it gets to a point where, like, if you play a game where you have to interact, like, in my favorite, um, I loved Call of Duty. And I loved playing Search and Destroy capture i love the team missions which isn't good because you have to talk to people and when you don't have an entire squad to run something with it it 
one that like keeps you out of playing because you know that if you go in and um, one of our friends that, that I was playing with and, and PUBG the other night actually said this, if somebody finds out, you know, your race or that you're, a, you know, a girl or a woman, like it's automatically like whether they're going to or not, you mess up once and that's, that's what starts happening. And so just hearing her talk about that from that perspective and like knowing that like the reason it's so close to her is from her own personal experiences, especially like you said, in those communities, like it's awesome. Cause she actually, she's doing something about it. I just put down the controller and stopped playing. Yeah. First I mean, it person nice, like, so that it didn't turn into like, well, let's go play like Minecraft or something yeah. like that. It's like, no, we're just going to keep continuing to play what we enjoy. Yeah. She's going to keep playing and she's going to keep fighting against it. Whereas like with me, I was just like, I don't have that strength, man. I, I really admire for that too. Cause like her, you know, her saying that, you know, she still does play counter-strike and stuff like that. Like that's, that that's a lot, that, that's a lot to go through, especially on that end and, you know, playing something that's supposed to relax you and then, you know, fighting this, you know, with, with her organization. Like that's, I really admire that. To be fair. I don't know if playing counter-strike will ever relax you even without harassment. <laughs> the game moves so fast. True, true, true. And back in my day, we played Goldeneye. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you even know what a joystick is? Back in my day, our community was arcade. <laughs> Sad part is now those are the worst communities. Oh, those are the worst communities. I do like that she really believes in young people. And I think it's great that she does. And if you've never listened to the podcast, you clearly know that I do if feel... ever listen. You huh? said never, if you never listen. Well, if you never listen, then you're missing out. But if you <laughs> ever listen to this podcast, you probably have at least a sense that I agree with her in the fact that old people do seem to be bogging down some things and at some point need to fortunately pass the torch, per se. Yeah, no, you're you're completely right. Um, uh, advocacy in the 21st century and specifically in the late 2000s, because even if you look at advocacy where we are now and where we started in the early 2000s or even in the 90s when like these things start coming up and you know these groups start forming like it's really just it's changed and it and it keeps changing um every time one platform changes you have a new way to um to start advocacy group advocacy groups continue adv- advocacy groups and you know do things no but you adrian yeah no i thought uh i thought she was dope um as someone who has been like mulling over the idea of like doing a nonprofit myself in the next, you know, few years, um, it's cool to see how she was just like, yeah, I'm going to do it. And that's the whole reason why I asked like what her like five year plan is. Cause you know, being focused in um, the Northeast is great, but I see like this being something that can definitely expand, you know, past just our community in the Northeast, especially since, so much of her stuff is virtual. Like you can, you don't have to be in the Northeast to just put up a hashtag or put up their hashtag or like be a part of their stream team or like write a blog for them or, uh, you know, share her TEDx talk that she's going to do, you know, because um, so many of the other organizations that we've done for missions that matter, you kind of have to like be a part of a, you know, an organization in your city. But for this one, you can just be a part of it online. So there's definitely lots of room for her to grow. And it's super cool that she's doing it kind of so young. She's definitely a non-profit goals. Hashtag. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I kind of threw my, threw myself in there in the middle of talking about things like, yeah, it, it sucks. Like, like harassment sucks. And it's, it's, there's so many different ways for it to happen now. Like that it, it, it can impede like so many pieces of your life. Like, 
Twitter. I mean, in Twitter, it's easy. You block and move. Um, but like, then you have stuff like streaming. And when it happens when you're streaming, like, unless you have like a mod team to like really help you out, like trying to maintain your stream and like being confident about it to stream the next day and stuff like that. Like we've been doing a lot of panels about it. Um, that, that, that can be really difficult as well. Um, so it's kind of like as these new platforms open up to, you know, do good with like Tiltify and, you know, charity streaming and that kind of stuff. It also sucks because it's like, of course, a troll is going to come in there and, you know, be an idiot or like in the worst case, like dox you like that, that panel we went to at PAX East. I'm just in the realm of, I can take a troll. It doesn't matter as long as they don't show up and say, I know where you live. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, that's a, but that's a scary thing too. Like there's so much of us on the internet. Like it, there's a very fine line between a troll calling you racist slurs and a troll popping up saying, I know where you live. And that fine line is like ultimately really scary. I just think the line's getting closer. Yeah. Yeah. Which is like why I think like um, an organization like Abby's is like really important, you know, you know, working in conjunction with, you know, other organizations and, you know, being there to support people that like have gone through this or, you know, provide resources on how to deal with this type of harassment, you know, how to deescalate it or maybe spot, you know, ways to stop it before it even gets to that point. Oh, I think um, she did make a good point of like the old, the dumb, stupid cartoons and educational videos and bullying of like some dude pushing off his cowboy hat or something. Yeah, like walking a, by and putting his hat on the ground yeah, or something. Pushing him into a locker. Do kids even have lockers these days? <laughs> Adrian? Uh, they don't use them at my school. They're there, <laughs> but no one uses them. Well, I mean, just, I mean, obviously the, the oh, track, but the whole, out, but, yeah. but, but I mean, the whole point of this is like, like a lot of the stuff that people are used to seeing, like, and if you ever just watched some of the eighties movies growing up with like the stuff of people aren't getting put in lockers anymore. I mean, it may be happening, but that's yeah. not what the main problem is that people. Yeah. Think. Yeah. Going yeah. yeah. Some, someone's telling them to go kill themselves online um, for like saying hi and CSGO. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, and that's, that's the type of like really like, hyperbolic reaction that happens from a lot of people and unfortunately like we live in a like i think we need more people like abby like speaking up and doing stuff like this just because like we live in a world where like it like it like trolling is a pastime like and that's what it is and like the thing is is like you can say like easily like oh well that like that person may not really feel it they're just doing it to get a reaction but like it sucks and it gets in your head like that honestly like that one time that like crap happened to like when I first tried to start streaming, like I didn't, I, I, that's still in my head and I'm like still scared that I'm not to deal with that. Not scared, I guess, because like, we have, um, you know, our, our community built around the podcast is really great. And, you know, they show up to the streams and stuff. So like knowing that we have like that cushion, but at the same time, like just like knowing that I have to be aware of that kind of sucks. Which brings back to the old people of moving out of the way in which basically we haven't caught up. They had our rules, policies, anything going on has not caught up to the actual technology that's being used. Yeah, like there, like you can't. There are some like well, that's not why I just asked her about the reporting system because I mean yeah. I know it's been there for years. A lot of people just think it's a joke. Yeah, 
Because I think too, like within the law, there's very little actionable items that happen virtually. Like essentially like doxing, like swatting, that you can get somebody on. Possibly. Doxing. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And then like even doxing is even harder to get somebody on and just like constant harassment and like the stuff that happens on Twitch where like people like pay money to harass people and change their names to do it like all of these things like can only be punishable like you said when people you know when old people either get with it or move out of the way so that we can actually enact policy from the standpoint of understanding the technology that we have around us yeah yeah i agree i mean like there's really like there's only one side of the the fence to be on in this kind of conversation of um you know bullying especially in pop culture that we're so fond of like there's a reason why you can get a pin from us that says don't be a dick yeah uh, <laughs> you shouldn't support someone being a dick yep i will say the one thing i did find interesting talking to her like one last point of oh because i was trying to go through my head and how i ended up on borderland 2 of because she obviously didn't get to do tomb raider yeah and i was trying to think of like what actual character in video games that there actually was and I read it, obviously, my game set's obviously different than hers thing, but I couldn't really, I didn't know if you guys had come up with anybody. Yeah, so I can think of, of, of a few. Um, Chell, like she said, is, like, honestly, like, a really big one, but, like... I said it, I didn't really care for portals. So. Oh, I loved portals. I know, I know what they're talking about, <laughs> one of those I didn't. Um, no, like, like, that's one of the reasons why people talk a lot about, like, women in video games, because you end up, like... I know like Ubisoft's past this, but where they say, well, we don't make female characters because we can't animate them. Um, but I think um, there was, it's like Heaven Sword, uh, Heaven Sword on the PlayStation where it was a main person. It was a main, a main um, female protagonist. There's like Bayonetta, which I didn't play just because like, I played like the first game, but it's like extremely hypersexual. So like, it's a dude's game. Like, I'm going to be honest, it's a dude's game. Um, like that, it, it's it's very different from like Lara Croft being sexy to like Bayonetta or Blood Rain, like in being entirely based on like sexualized actions. Um, See, because most of the games that I play now and I have played for are least, RPGs. Or just games where you can you choose what you are. Yeah. Or who you are. Yeah. Yeah, the only one I can think of, like off the top of my head, that's not like RPG related, is probably Overwatch. But that's yeah. just because, like, that's like a concentrated effort to include basically like every shape and size in their yeah. kind of game. But okay. other than that, other than that, like League of Legends, I guess. Yeah, it's like League of Legends has come a long way that way too. But their community is still awesome. Off still awful yeah. so yeah, i know a horizon uh yeah horizon zero dawn, dawn coming but, out i mean we didn't really play but that's the only people have a playstation she obviously seemed like a pc gamer yeah. oh and there's also the last of us but that's also playstation the last of us you have a really young um young female character going through the game and it was it's, it's really good um but that's a playstation 3 um so i don't want to say they're not out there i just couldn't think of any off the top of my head yeah no and which, i just happened to look at her hair i was like well yeah. oh, that's about as close as i can get yeah which i mean like and, and that's something that like, like her bringing up like female representation like specifically in video games like that's kind of a really big point um i've talked about it before and that that's honestly why i will 
you know, keep writing articles about Lara Croft because, like, for me, that's what it was. I guess, like, there's Samus, too. Um, Samus Aaron from Metroid. Um, no. But until recently, the majority of her time is in her suit, and so she's not even coded as feminine. Because yeah, I just um, know a lot of the games do seem to be going with this choice. Like, all the shooters, yeah. more likely. Like, you can you, choose things. You can choose. Call of Duty Ghost let you play as a female character. Yeah, as I'm saying, a lot of them seem to give you more of a choice, yeah. which is great. But I said, I just could It would, yeah, because I guess from that point, um, and to, like, uh, you know, to obviously, like, rep for female representation, like, as a female, ga- uh, you know, as, as a female gamer, like, um, I love Mass Effect. I love like I love Dragon's Dogma, and I loved so like I love RPGs and stuff where I can make my character. That's like my favorite. I think I have a, an article up on the website where I talk about why it took me two hours to make my Mass Effect character because I was trying to make her look as much as like me as possible. But I also shouldn't have to play a game that I can customize. Like I should be able to play a narrative driven game. Um, like an on the rails game like that and have that like a story told from that perspective because there are a lot of really cool perspectives out there. But to be fair, what was the last on the rails game you played? Batman Telltale? Telltale Batman? No, I mean like, (laughs) well no, like the last on the rails game that I played, they were all like PlayStation exclusives. I think like the one that I played all the way through. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's like on a PlayStation 3, which is almost three or four years ago. Yeah, no, I have, I have two, but I also haven't played a lot of games recently. That's also a problem. Well, I mean, we played games, but I'm talking about just like a narrative based driven story game. I can't remember the last one that you've played since I, like in the last. But I also think a lot of that has to do with the fact that I play games with you. So I look for games that we can play together, which are co-op games and largely going to be MMOs, RPGs, or things of that nature, or like MOBAs and shooters, PUBG, like stuff like that. Like, so just like the co-op nature of itself drives a customizational part, or at least like a wide range of characters. That doesn't mean that I wouldn't love to jump back into narrative-driven games. Right. And that I didn't love Lara Croft because of narrative-driven games. It just means that like, like my gameplay has also changed because now I have somebody to play games with and I don't have to worry about going to lobbies. Cause like, as I've gotten older, I actually really love, which may be the opposite of some people. I really love the community aspect of being like being able to play a game with a group of people, which is why I've been playing PUBG so much. Cause it's fun to get to play with people and our lives are so busy. Like I don't have time to go out to a bar with my friends, but I can sit back here and play with them. And so like that to me, I like, but that doesn't mean that I don't want to play a narrative-driven game. Adrian, what's the last narrative-driven game you played? Uh, last narrative-driven game, like... On the rails? I guess technically, yeah, and on the rails. Um, the Titanfall, I guess? Wait, Titanfall? Campaign. Like the campaign? I only play Titanfall for the campaign. The second one? Second one, yeah. The campaign oh. in Titanfall 2 is really good. I was like, because yeah. I never even... Put, the first one didn't even have a campaign. Well, it had a... Cool yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Uh, campaign and Battlefront's pretty good, but other than that, I really haven't played too many, you know, campaign-driven games. I think the okay. next one I will actually even play is probably just gonna be Red Dead Revolver or Red Dead Redemption Two. So yeah, the only ones I can think of, Assassin's Creed Origins, be my last one, and then I guess technically like Fallout. <laughs> yeah, but you get to design who you are. Then that, that's well, I know, that, that's, that's a I'm... sandbox. Right. I mean, yeah. that's what I'm saying. That's why I said, like, technically, if you want, I yeah. guess, because there is, like, a story and a point, but it's definitely yeah. not, like, an on-the-rail type. Yeah. Which I think, too, like, I, I do want to say, like, from, like, I do think games, like Adrian said, are leaning towards more doing, like, choices and options in storytelling, yeah. because even, 
Um, there are certain games where you can play as a female character and, and then and for like a new game plus play as a male character or vice versa. Um, but I also think too, like from our perspective, we play, uh, we enjoy playing games together and we play a lot of games together. So that kind of like that changes what I'm looking for in new games coming out and you know what I play. Yeah, no, I was just trying to think in general because like even the people I watch that stream and stream story based games. Yeah, they play community based games. Well and even the people that well, there's a lot of them that play story based games. Mm-hmm. I mean even like I said, technically I believe uh Far Cry five is pretty much like yeah. a story based game. Yeah. They have a co op mode though. Well well I know they do, but I'm talking about like in general. Yeah. Like I just besides basically really Horizon Dawn or Zero Dawn, I can't think just off the top of my head yeah something recently that's just this is who you are this is what happens go yeah which i think goes back to what adrian was saying there's like more like that's where people are leaning yeah i'm just saying like it's still really cool i didn't say it wasn't oh it sounded like you were trying to say that i didn't need it i said i didn't need i'm trying to find a game that it is yeah honestly i think they're all on the ps4 well that's what i'm trying (laughs) my whole point of the matter is I get we need more, but I'm like, I can't find one, whether regardless whether it's a guy or a girl at this point, what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Because <laughs> I just don't see those, like, I'm just missing that whole genre type of games. Yeah. I also think it'd be different if we asked somebody who played alone, or like, who preferred to play alone. Like, they could probably give you titles that they play. Well, yeah, that's why I was asking both of yeah. you if you've even thought of, like, really. Yeah. But Adrian, you enjoy playing with people, though, right? Yeah, I enjoy playing with people. I mean, I played World of Warcraft forever, and I only stopped playing because I didn't have anyone else to play with anymore. Um, and that's not a slight at Matt, but I'm just saying, like, in general, like... <laughs> now it is. Um, <laughs> like, that's why I'm so excited that, you know, Stefani has, you know, her own computer again, and, you know, my aunt and my uncle and a whole bunch of other play- friends want to play World of Warcraft again. It makes me really excited. Um, when I have free time and I'm not, you know, freaking out about moving, I'm hoping that my PUBG will update at some point so I can play with Kate and, and y'all. But yeah, I, I like playing with people. But like Matt said, I like playing alone too. Like Fable is one of my favorite games. Knights of the Old Republic is one of my favorite games ever. I love on the real games, but there just really hasn't been any that's really grabbed my attention recently, like Matt was saying. Yeah. yeah I wasn't trying to discredit and say, you know, whatever. I just couldn't think of what was actually there. Yeah. Like guy or girl or even alien or whatever. I just couldn't think of anything <laughs> that type of game. Because like even the Batman one you said been out for quite a while. Yeah, because I wasn't even playing the new season. I was playing yeah. the old season. But yeah, um, any final thoughts? We can start wrapping up here. Uh, no, I'm good. Um, not being a dick, good. Being a dick, bad. And an organization like Abby's is needed. And I hope she continues to grow and... Um, bring awareness to her thing. She looks like she's like well on the way to to being you know, you know, a future kind of like stack up organization at some point. So I wish her all the best. And anything we can do to help, I'm definitely down for. Yeah, same. All my support. Um, we'll we'll like I said, we will link everything in the show notes for you to um, access. Super easy. Make sure you give her and Diverse Gaming Coalition a follow. It is needed, and you know these these um you know just communities where people can feel safe are definitely needed or even pick up a squad to go play with like that's i think that's why a lot of people jump into you know organizations like this now you jump into discord hey you want to go play with me now you have a five-man squad when you wouldn't have had it otherwise so that's really cool rock on
As always, you can find the podcast at But Why Though PC on Twitter and Facebook. And you can find us as new Twitch affiliates on twitch.tv slash But Why Though PC. Uh, we are streaming everything for the most part. You can see me podcast edit. You can see me play PUBG. Um, I don't know when. Um, is Stefani going to cosplay stuff later? Um, not not soon, you know, okay. with like the move. Like she just packed up her cosplay room, but you know, yeah. hopefully in the next couple months or so, once we figure out what convention we're going to next. We're starting small. We'll get to the other people. <laughs> so you can see me dying a whole bunch in PUBG. Um, <laughs> yeah. And hopefully see us playing together. Um, yeah. Uh, before, before she leaves, I, I do want to do like some like scary video games for people to come laugh at me, get scared as I play, uh, Games like Outlast and things like that. No, no, no. I got one for you. When we get, when I need to find the name again, and I know you can watch this one. <laughs> yeah, just give me a recommend. If you want me to play a scary video game in my big living room that's dark and supposedly haunted, let me know. <laughs> um, so you can find me at Oh My Myth Randier on Twitter and Instagram for pictures of my dog, Adrian. Yeah, you can find me at SuperReese93 on Twitter. S U P E R R U I Z 93. Matt, I don't have my notebook, so you can. Find me sometime. You can't think of something off the top of your head. 